Welcome to X-Rated Movies. This is a very special edition. Um, I'm Ryan Whedon, one of your hosts. I'm Matthew Fisher, one of your hosts. And today we are interviewing the one, the only, Matthew Montgomery. Hey, everybody. I think the, the verb that I want to, or adjective I want to use right now is thrilled. This is very exciting. Agreed. <laughs> Avid listeners will, will know that we interviewed both David Kitteridge and Sean Abley. Uh, uh, because we did their movies, Pornography and Socket. And uh, you just happened to be a star in both those movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> and we just kind of discovered that we're like, um, we're just very interested in that scene. Like what's uh, that whole kind of like mid-aughts Los Angeles gay scene. Um, and I don't know. what's it, What was it like uh, being part of all that? You know, I didn't really think of it as being a, a sort of scene at the time. But but looking back now, it, it clearly was. And. And so I honestly just sort of stumbled into it uh, when I did a movie in 2002 called Gone But Not Forgotten. And it was my the first sort of my foray into uh, feature film acting. And so that incident essentially precipitated just a slew of roles that I ended up being offered after that that were all in the LGBT genre. And, and it's such a small community. So... What was really cool about it is that you really you quickly realize that you're part of a family because everybody knows each other and everybody's sharing ideas with each other. And that can be very, very encouraging at the time, particularly because LGBT representation wasn't what it is right now, um, was very encouraging for an actor such as myself, who is like just struggling to get out there and and get work and. So it was it was a blessing for me. And you've pretty much primarily only play LGBT or gay characters, right? Am, am I right on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that like? I don't know if it was really a conscious decision. I guess in a sense I got kind of typecast in that sort of way, but I leaned into it because they were all characters that I could relate to in one way or another. And I like the idea of being part of of representing my own community and being part of that, you know, pioneering front, as it were, of of LGBT cinema getting out into the mainstream world. So, like, for me, I I thought it was really cool that I was able to play so many characters that were part of the of of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, because, I mean, you didn't just act, though. You also produced. Yes. Like, we, you know, I've seen your name uh, uh, on the on the other side of. <laughs> yes. And my God, producing is probably one of the most difficult things that I've ever had to do in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that? Well, because, you know, there really isn't sort of a set. Like, as an actor, you're like, okay, there's this thing that you do, and there's a craft that's sort of a- attached to it. It's very sort of like, you know, it's very sort of singular and isolated. You know, you have your uh, all of your sort of character work that you're doing as an actor, it's, but it's very sort of focused. Whereas a producer, when you get into the role of a producer, you know, I, I'm now teaching part time at uh, New York Film Academy. And one of the things that I tell my students is that you can encapsulate what a producer does in one word. And that word is everything. A producer does <laughs> absolutely everything. They really, really do. Okay. And so, like, that can be very sort of, you can feel at times 
like you're in a bit of a clusterfuck in your own head because you're just going in so many different directions. You don't know what the hell you're doing. But for me, producing the thing that I did like about it and that I really appreciated about kind of stumbling into that because I sort of stumbled into producing also is that it really made me realize how much of a storyteller that I really was and that I wanted to be. And so that was kind of what started my journey into uh, becoming a director and a writer. Well, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to ask you about that because um, uh, you have a movie. Did it just come out this year? Devil's Path? Devil's Path. Yeah. Just this, this year? Yeah. yeah. When we interviewed David Kittredge, he said that he just he was really inspired and wants to make movies that he wants to see on the screen. And I was wondering if uh, if that was a similar vibe with Devil's Path for you. Absolutely. Because it's not like um, other gay movies I've no. seen. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's totally not. And uh, part of that was that um, I'm a huge, huge fan of the thriller genre and uh, particularly psychological thrillers. Um, Hitchcock is like my go-to filmmaker who I study all the time. And so uh, anyway, my uh, I knew that I... As I was discovering my own voice as a filmmaker, I, I knew that the kind of movie that I wanted to make was going to be in the thriller category, in the thriller genre. Uh, but then the more that I sort of started diving deeper into my own sort of uh, voice, I started realizing that um, there hadn't been a lot of LGBT genre films. And so I, I thought, well, why not? And, and now is like a perfect time. I feel like now we're representation of the LGBTQ community has really gotten into mainstream. I feel like there are lots of stories to tell, some that are darker than others. And I think that now's the time to sort of open it up to, to more uh, genre films. And so I kind of like the idea of contributing in that way as well and kind of keeping it in the family. You know what I mean? Yeah, because even now that we have a lot of thing, like a lot of, of you know, queer related movies and television, it, it still hasn't quite hit like the, that genre aspect that is one thing that like Ryan and I are always kind of looking for. Like Ryan recommended Socket to me at least 10 years ago <laughs> and it's always stuck with us. Like it's cheap and it's a little cheesy, but like we loved it. Like we could see past that mm -hmm. and like the, the gayness is almost secondary to everything else that's happening, but it also has like a uniquely queer like themes running through it, like the 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 party atmosphere that uh, like Derek Long's character gets like sucked into, and like you're trying to like keep him on the straight and narrow, yeah. but you know it doesn't work out that way. It's just those sort of genre stories. I still feel like there's not enough of those out there. Yes, absolutely. And the thing about Socket that really, you know, uh, thinking back on it is was such a very inspirational kind of moment for me in my life because Sean Abley, I feel like, well, first of all, working with Sean was, was like amazing. Like he's, he's such an amazing storyteller. He's an incredible writer. He's an, he's an even more incredible director. Like he, just uh, really kind of understood the story and sort of what he wanted to tell and all of the underlying themes that sort of went with it. And so on the surface, it's kind of, Socket is this sort of quirky kind of sci-fi, almost erotic sort of film. There are all these sort of undertones that are happening underneath it. And Sean 
really, I feel like crafted that like so well. And, and to me, I feel like Socket was a perfect example of a film that was ahead of its time because we didn't really have a lot of genre films, like I said, back then in gay cinema. And so he was really sort of thinking ahead. In, in, a, in a sense, I would say that Socket, for me, is particularly because I was in it and I, was, and I worked with Sean, kind of gave me the permission to tell my stories as well that were genre related in the LGBT, uh, in the LGBT world. And so like, it, it was pivotal for me working on Socket. Well, both Sean and David mentioned that uh, the DVD market kind of fell out right around the same time that those movies came out, so like 2008 or something, because of the uh, 2008 mortgage crisis. Yeah. So it seems like now would probably be a time to pick that mantle back up if we can, because it seems like that direction that specifically those two movies were going in was very promising, at least as far as our taste yeah, is concerned. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ryan and I, like, you know... We called it like the bad gay movie season, but like we hold up like socket and pornography a thriller as like these things that like even though the genre is like cheap and scrappy and messy, like uh, pornography a thriller and socket are like these two pillars that like came out of it, and it's like this is what this sort of guerrilla filmmaking can produce. Yeah, and I still feel like there's not enough of like those types of movies or even movies that aren't attempting something like that these days well i think that part of it is that you know when you're talking about somebody like sean abley and david kittredge and then you know of course i'm a little biased because i know these guys and i and i worked with them and i love them but like you know they came at it with like a storytelling mentality they wanted to tell a story whereas a lot of times i feel like and and this is okay too a lot of times right now because technology is now getting to the point that it's so accessible for filmmakers to make movies so now there's just a blast of content out there it's very easy to sort of get caught up in sort of the product as opposed to what's the story like that we're trying to tell first and let's utilize the technology that we have uh, at our fingertips in order to support that story and so I feel like Sean and and David both really approached their films like with story and then everything else. And so sure, like, you know, it was scrappy and low budget and, uh, you know, and, and, and all of that stuff. But I feel like one of the reasons that those two particular movies stood out was because of that exact, of that thing that they approached it with story. I mean, one thing that I really like about the scene is, like, it wasn't just that it was gay movies or that it was gay actors, but it was, like, gay directors, gay screenwriters, gay editors. Like, it was, like, you know, soaked through. Like, it was queer on, like, all levels of the filmmaking. Yes, totally. And it's like like I was saying earlier, you realize that there's this community that you become a part of. You know, you work on one project together, and you all want to work together again. And you all know the other gay films that are happening that are in pre-production or in development. And so, you know, you sort of, you find yourself working with a lot of the same people. And and I think that a lot of it is because um, maybe perhaps we were still sort of, I think, at least for me as an out gay actor, sort of in this mindset that, um, that 
I didn't really have a place where I felt like I belonged. And in working in gay indie cinema, I felt like I had a place where I belonged. And I feel like everybody that works behind the scenes and that, you know, everybody that works in production in gay cinema, I think has that, that same sort of feeling. I think that's why we all like, continue to work together. Well, and you're, you're in kind of a unique situation, I would say, because uh, you've always been an out actor and yes. did do uh, gay roles, which is pretty unique, I think. Most, most people don't do just like specialize in the way that I feel like you have over the past decade and a half or whatever. Yeah. Can you speak to that at all, like how it feels to be to always be able to be out and for the freedom of that? Yeah, it was kind of a, a really quick, like, if I remember correctly, before Gone But Not Forgotten, you know, I didn't really have any particular gumption to sort of like talk about my sexual orientation or to be an out gay actor. But when I when I did Gone But Not Forgotten, it quickly became a topic of conversation because I was suddenly going to have to be doing interviews and stuff, which was all new to me at the time. And so, you know, uh, I remember talking to Michael Lakers and Sandenberg, uh, the director and the producer of Dom Not Forgotten, and I had to sort of decide, am I going to be an out gay actor or not? Oh, in fact, I remember it was when my hometown newspaper called me for an interview and she okay. on the yeah. phone. And she asked me on the phone. I was and I was in my retail job. I was selling pens at the time. <laughs> pens. <laughs> Not a story, but I remember. <laughs> and, um, and I remember that she asked me, and I was startled at the time. And so I pretended like I had to go all suddenly. And I and I and I said I would call her back. And I hung up the phone. And then I like had a minute and thought about it and was like, this is ridiculous. Like. I'm not going to pretend not to be who I am. I don't know, I, you know, it just sort of quit very quickly. My intuition and instinct took over to just protect my own identity. And so I called her right back and I, and I said, yes, I'm absolutely, I'm out, I'm openly gay. And that was how it started. How old were you when this phone call happened? Let's see. Uh, oh God. <laughs> Let's see that. No, no, no. You don't have to reveal too much. Of my twenties, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you could find out if you just Googled my. Uh... <laughs> but yes, I was in my twenties. Right on. Well, that's a. I mean, that's a brave choice for early two thousands. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, early two thousands would have been right around the time George W. Bush was uh, given his State of the Union address that's, on uh, yeah. the importance of protecting the sanctity of marriage. So yeah. you think that, like, I know when I think of post two thousand. I would say, I think, was anybody still in the closet post 2000? But really, it was kind of, that was sort of the beginning, I feel like, when I really kind of break it down in my brain of when, when it really, people really started to become more vocal about standing up for who they are and not letting themselves be quieted. So I feel like that in the industry at the time, I definitely remember that, um, there was a lot of talk about, you know, from agents and managers, uh, producers at the time, advice to actors not to uh, come out of the closet, not to be openly gay. And I had a, I had a, 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 an experience that was ex exactly that with an agent. And so I knew that that was not going to be, you know, that that was not going to work out in my favor. Were you worried that you were going to lose your job selling pens? 
<laughs> no, I wasn't worried I was going to lose my job selling fans. But I did worry that perhaps I might not work as an actor. And, mm -hmm. um, and as it turned out, I ended up working a lot because of it. And so, you know, <laughs> yay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. You made the right choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Typecast is the gay intellectual, <laughs> you know, the handsome gay intellectual. <laughs> okay. So kind of on topic here, uh, I I've noticed, uh, that you're naked a lot in movies. <laughs> I don't know how to transition softly there. Uh, but, uh, do, do, is that something that, um, I know like Sean got you to do it for free. He said, so, uh, I just, it, is that something that uh, you just are like, whatever, fine? Or do you feel like it's uh, a thing that, uh, like, like, how do you feel nudity is important to storytelling and specifically in like, Ryan just movies? wants to know how much it'll take to get you naked right now. <laughs> doesn't, obviously, it doesn't take me much to get <laughs> in fact, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to stop the podcast for a minute to point out that at this point in the interview, Matthew Montgomery started to take off his shirt. I'm just going to say right now that he has kept it tight. Whew, I'm blushing thinking about it. If you would like to see what we saw, just, you know, check out one of his movies or his Instagram feed. He's showing it off there, too. Anyway, back to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, like, I know that... You know, with particularly in production, I know that like with Socket, he really sold me on how it was important to the story and sort of like and and why and and it made sense it made sense to me. And I'm not particularly very shy in that way, I think. And so I just I, I guess I didn't really think of it as like a thing. Well, all all like my artist friends, like they're always looking for like people to volunteer to do like nude things and they're like you should do it while you're young because when you're older you'll look back on it and be like oh you were so hot back then <laughs> and you you don't realize it at the time do you like watch your old movies and you're like man i was a hot piece i check out my ass all the time i'm like hey. <laughs> you're like oh yeah all that yeah. working out paid off yeah all right yeah, those squats paid off <laughs> Well, we're all grateful is what I'm saying, so thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I could be of service. Well, yeah, because like, we both watch like, role play. You're like in a Speedo in that. Uh, you know, socket, you get naked. Do you get naked in pornography? Probably. I, mean, I, I think so. I, I was like thinking I about this today. Naked. I, 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 show, I yeah. definitely am naked a lot, yeah. In general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could have just been a Tuesday, but or, you know. But yeah, uh, or uh, back soon, I remember you're wearing just like little tiny short shorts and yeah, in, in yeah, that for yeah. a fair amount. Yeah, they usually have me in skimpy, skimpy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you sort of, you have like a, a ongoing collaborative career with like Rob Williams. Like you're either in his movies or you're producing them or, and he's a director that seems to have like weathered like the, the DVD market fallout. Like he's still making movies. Yeah. It seems like with the same regularity that he used to and you were in a lot of those at least yeah for a time in fact uh, you know it was it was my relationship with guest house films and rob rob williams and rodney johnson his his partner and working partner rodney johnson yeah rodney johnson yeah <laughs> they uh are the All ones right. that got me 
into producing in the first place. And um, so I produced, you know, first with with them, with a long-term relationship. And, you know, Rob is definitely, his prolific nature as a filmmaker, it just is kind of, um, it's just astounding to me, like that he has been able to make as many movies as he has and that he has been able to, as you said, sort of weather this kind of uh, transition in the distribution market. Uh, Rob was inspiring to me in the sense that I feel like Rob has always known what his voice as a filmmaker is. He's always known what kind of stories that he wants to tell. And um, I think that it's that confidence and uh, that he has and that consistency in his voice that has also helped him be as prolific as he has as a filmmaker. And that I think that is something that, you know, I think all uh, indie filmmakers can aspire to can aspire to be. Strength of vision. Absolutely. Strength of voice. Yes. Strength of vision. Strength of voice. Totally. So you're working on two screenplays right now. If uh, the the uh, your back wall, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you care to give us any any sneak peek or spoilers as to? Uh... Um. So uh, the one of them is in far more of the development stage. The other one that is sort of closer to pre-production, which is the one that I really want to do next, is called American Cabin, and it's a it's a gay thriller. Um, the gay element is kind of secondary. But you're just you're speaking our language, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about it's basically about a guy who um, inherits this this cabin in the woods from his estranged deceased grandfather, and this guy is a is a writer of horror stories, and and it's a little kind of you know he has some mental stuff that he's going through and stuff that he's going through with his uh, with his marriage, and throughout the film he starts to think that the cabin that he has inherited, which is incidentally built on a Native American burial ground, is haunted. And so uh, it's about him trying to rid the, the house of like this, uh, this evil. Right on. And then uh, what's the other one you've got going on? Are you now uh, ready to talk about that? Well, one yet? the other one is uh, kind of it's called Fender Bender. And it's um, it's a little bit of a it's also a thriller. I definitely have a th- Thing for thrillers I want to uh, that's obviously my where my voice is but like uh, it's a little bit of a quirky kind of a thriller it's kind of I guess the best way that I could describe it is if you took something like Fatal Attraction but made it be about like you know an older woman who becomes obsessed with this like younger gay man <laughs> so ah. I, so it's like a Sunset Boulevardy maybe <laughs> yeah. type of thing. Yes, it's very sort of like Ooh. yeah, it's very sort of wacky in that way. But uh, man, okay, my pants after, are tightening just thinking about it. Uh, they, she becomes obsessed with him after a uh, a minor accident, a minor car accident. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I, I like it a lot. Oh, I like it a lot. I'm excited. Okay, so just on the subject of things you've got coming up, both David Kitteridge and Sean Abley uh, praised your acting in their movies. Oh as like part of the success of why, why they were successful. Um, do you have any other acting roles coming up or are you mostly focusing on directing and producing right now? Uh, well, first of all, I, that's so sweet. I love, I mean, I feel like it's all the, the directors for me is, is what it is for me. But like, anyway, I appreciate that a lot. 
Anyway, uh, but acting wise, I don't have anything I, auditioning. But to be honest with you, I, so much of my time is focused on trying to get um, Devil's Path seen more and out and out there more. And now working on uh, American Cabin and and Fender Bender. I'm really trying to build uh, my own production company uh, and sort of have it be sustaining. Uh, and it's it's called Proteus Pictures, and so that's sort of my baby, as it were. And I'm trying to uh, focus a little bit on the storytelling side of uh, things right now. It'll stay naked, though, so you know. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> do Do you feel like your interest in thrillers was before the um, like doing socket and pornography, or do you think that that like has ins- doing those movies kind of has inspired you to want to make your own? in that vein. I think they absolutely inspired me to want to make my own uh, films in that vein. Ever since I was a kid, I've always been a huge fan of Hitchcock and, and thrillers in general, but absolutely there, there was my experience working on, you know, on, on socket and pornography, a thriller, both socket really the, it was the, my first experience working on a gay genre film really and so like it absolutely i think kind of lit a creative fire under my ass to uh to be able to tell my own stories in that same vein totally. well yeah because I, I mean we struggled to think of gay genre movies yeah. like that before 2000 like there's lots of coming out stories there's lots of hiv aids stories but there's not necessarily weird david lynchian sci-fi sort of genre movies where the characters also happen to be gay and that's always something that ryan and i are like seeking out and we'll we'll go through the mud to find (laughs) one of these gems yeah yeah i love that stuff i there was you know like working on pornography a thriller and the way that david kittredge sort of crafted that story i mean the whole Cronenberg slash Lynchian kind of style that he has going on that he sort of had that vision from the get-go was just sort of I guess I I think it was groundbreaking because there was sort of like not really that kind of movie that had been done before and so I haven't seen one since yeah I mean I rented the movie because I saw the name. I was like, well, there's no way this is going to be any good. Like, I, I thought it was just going to be trash, but I was like, you know what? I could watch some pretty boys, like, <laughs> pretending to be scared for 90 oh, minutes. And Matthew Montgomery's in it. <laughs> Somebody's going to be naked. <laughs> <laughs> but then I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is actually, like, a real movie. Like, there's a real script, and it's actually directed, and it's actually acted. And I'm like, oh, this isn't the trash that I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was such a bold move to name it pornography. And yeah, I, I just, I was just astounded by it. And then, of course, I'm like looking it up and I was like, okay, what else is Matthew Montgomery done? I was like, oh, he was in Socket. I've also seen that. And I was like, <laughs> it's just, awesome. yeah, you, you happen to be in like the, the two pillars of this movement. But... <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun working on those movies. Yeah, I mean, you say that you're you're a fan of thrillers, but Sean says that you're uh, a big sci fi fan. Yes, I'm a huge sci fi fan. A big sci-fi fan. Like, I, I'm i definitely a sci-fi geek watcher. Like, I like watching sci-fi stuff, but I don't know that I have what it takes to make a sci-fi movie. Like, I feel like 
Well, you are in a sci-fi series that we've, as yes! we found on YouTube. <laughs> oh my God. We watched a little bit uh, in preparation for this, but there is a uh, fan-made Star Trek yeah. series that you're in. <laughs> oh my God, you dug that up. <laughs> Nothing dies on the internet. No. Uh, and you have a sexy accent in it as uh, the one I scene that we saw. <laughs> what was the impetus for that? Like, what got you involved in Star Trek Odyssey? I just wanted to do something fun. And um, I had heard of this of this fan show because I love Star Trek. And so I had watched some of it. So then I just sort of, I think on a, on like a whim or something, I think I reached out to them and just said, Hey, are you casting for anything? And, and they were like, yeah, sure. And so then it sort of like turned into, turned into that. It just seemed like a really fun sort of thing to do. And, you know, <laughs> much like the gay community, the, there's a Star Trek community. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, you have all of those people that sort of are like-minded and you can talk about geeky stuff and, so we would be remiss not to ask you who's your favorite captain oh this is very polarizing <laughs> but i'm about to say janeway i you know uh, no yeah, okay, okay. Very polarizing <laughs> i know i know a lot of people ryan's got more feelings on the matter than i do but janeway is like kind of like there are some people who feel like she's the only captain oh dear no <laughs> i could write a dissertation on why i believe she's the in fact, okay. I like I, I've been like doing an inconsistent blog and like I one of my blog posts is going to be on Captain Janeway because I feel like oh. doesn't get enough credit. I haven't watched all of Voyager yet, so uh, I've only seen snippets of what Janeway's capable of. But I'm definitely I, I stand Picard all the way. <laughs> Picard all the way. Yeah. That's sort yeah. Of, I mean, that's sort of the that's definitely the go to captain is, is Picard. But and that is the series that I'm I watch them on loop like I watch there's I'm always there's always always one series a star trek series that i'm watching at any given time and so right now i'm on uh i'm back on uh, uh the next generation you know there's a uh, star trek discoveries going on right now would you want to play like a klingon or something like that <laughs> yeah hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right let's put that out into the world uh, uh star trek producers matthew montgomery wants to be on uh on star trek discovery <laughs> cast him <laughs> wait for Picard to come out that's exactly Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're obviously your your love of movies and specifically thrillers is evident, uh, and you always elevate material that you're in, and uh, we just uh, we appreciate you. I guess is what I'm saying. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it is sort of fascinating that there's this scene in L.A. that like lasted for like ten years that. I don't know. I feel kind of has slipped through the cracks a little bit. Like nobody's really talking about it. But, you know, we started watching these like gay movies from this era and we're like, oh, hey, the actor of this or, you know, one of the actors in this was also in this. And like, oh, one of the actors in this was a producer on this. And the director of this was the editor on this. And it's like suddenly like we realized that there was just this little community that were just making tons of movies and we kind of became super fascinated with it i love that and you know i love that you guys really picked up on the connections between the projects and between because like that was i think so much of that was a part of it i think in that in that time the whole building that community i feel like is almost more important than the films themselves because 
you know, I still, I still know, I still talk, I still, uh, um, friends with Sean and David and I, I see them all the time and talk to them and stuff. So it's nice to know that like, you know, much like a family, like they're always going to be there. It just, uh, I don't know. It was a unique little community and, uh, we were kind of sad to, to like think that like, you know, the subprime mortgage lending crisis (laughs) put a stop to, like a vibrant gay filmmaking scene. Yeah. Yes, maybe, but I do think that, you know, there is where something ends, something begins. And I really love where we're at right now, I think, in gay cinema and gay representation in film and in TV. And I feel like it's, we're really sort of at a time now where, you know, there used to be we couldn't tell our stories. And then there was, we can tell maybe some stories then it was you know we can now tell whatever story that we want and so i feel like like i love sort of embracing that change i love embracing that change in the industry that we're sort of at a time now where i could make a movie like devil's path and it's totally cool it's totally fine uh, Devil's Path had someone from Three Day Weekend in it, right? It did, yeah. Uh, what, and he's also produced it. What's his name? Steven Tordokas. I th- yeah, I thought I recognized him from someplace. Also, your husband's in the movie, I noticed. <laughs> yes, he's in the movie. He also produced it. Uh, yeah, he was... Uh, both those guys were um, amazing. Uh, working with Steven... Um, first of all, having my husband as a producer was very much like a... Uh, this could go one of two ways sort of situation, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but it really worked out great. Like he was, uh, so incredible to work with and just, uh, was very supportive and just got so much shit done and just was very focused on like, and, and so he was like working with him was awesome. But, uh, and Steven, um, who I worked with this project on from its nascent beginnings, he, um, was really the inspiration in a lot of the uh, script development that happened with the story. And so he, uh, you know, writing, you know, I wrote it with him. And so uh, writing with him was quite an incredible experience. He's one of my dearest friends. Uh, is it true that you met your husband on the set of Pornography, a Thriller? Yeah, <laughs> yeah in the, uh, the urinal scene. <laughs> David said he, he took that scene at your wedding and added Evergreen by Barbara Streisand to it. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I don't think so. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's God. Hilarious. Yeah, I remember that very distinctly. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now Steve and I have been together. Let's see. We got married in 2015. That was okay. So, like, I think we've been together for like twelve years almost now. Well, uh, so I guess this is a question: Was it harder or easier to do intimate scenes with uh, someone who's been your partner, like in role play, specifically? Um, you know, it was. I guess. I guess it was easier. I guess it was easier to. Uh, but let me just tell you, like, doing intimate scenes in any sort of like film scenario is so weird and mechanical and like it's just not very uh it's you know it may come hopefully it comes across sexy in some way but it certainly doesn't feel that way when you're doing it because you're like i have to move here and am i 
turned the right way and my leg is not right where it's supposed to be. <laughs> well, there's one scene in roleplay that seems like completely choreographed because it's like you're, you're both rolling around on the bed, but you don't see any bits. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, this seems very, they must have practiced this. <laughs> I mean, Ryan was pausing it frame by frame. He's like, where's the bits? I paid for bits. I paid for the bits. <laughs> uh, well, is there any other questions that you have for Matthew Montgomery, Matt? Uh, well, I think uh, my intellectual thirst has been quenched. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that scene in, in movie making history, but it is one that is really, truly fascinating to Ryan and I, and we keep diving back down into it. And I'm like, personally, I'm glad that it was a, a, a period in which DVDs could document it because not everything has like a physical release nowadays. And it can be harder to find some of the things that have been released, you know, in a, a, a streaming world. Like, they don't necessarily stay around forever. If they were released digitally, they don't have a, a permanent place. Yeah. And so the idea that it was on DVD, kind of like, I can dive down that hole and, like, continue to explore it. Because those things will, you know, always be around in, in some way, at least, yeah. you know, for a little while. Yeah, it's kind of like a there's a permanence, I guess, to it that's there. Just it's been really cool talking to you guys about it because it's really nice to see that like it's that that period and that sort of like bubble is noticed, and so that is that's cool. You know, Ryan and I talk about this a lot, but like we're, we're so hungry to like see ourselves on screen, and when we find a movie that like both sort of hits like an interesting genre and is also gay. It's just, it, there's just this harmony that like speaks to our souls in it. Yeah. yeah it's like you're seen in some way. Like, yeah, you're, you know, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I think that that's, that's all, that's all part of it. I feel like, you know, that's all part of why it's so important that uh, we get to tell these stories and that that period of time it happened. Thank you so much. Thank you again yeah. for taking the time to come on our silly little show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. 